This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank not. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. Greg Snow is uh, joining us uh, this morning as we're uh, recording this. And then, of course, it airs a little after 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And you can find it always at kwlm.com or anywhere uh, you get your podcasts uh, anywhere you can find podcasts you can find uh, the Todd and Friends podcast and well Greg uh, for the weekend uh, you know I don't know what was the what was the golf weather like back there I, I came up here to North Dakota again on Friday did you guys get a chance to play I know you had some bumpy weather on Saturday night yeah Saturday was interesting Todd it was a full tee sheet in the morning uh, people were excited to get out, but as the, uh, the the forecast loomed, terrible. And so we didn't have any golf in the afternoon, even though the rain held off till about 5 o'clock. So a lot of afternoon golf could have been played, but I think the forecast and proms and all that. And then yesterday, it was crazy busy. So uh, the sunshine is addictive, and people want to get out. And, of course, it was a weekend, so... Did you have nice sunny weather up north yesterday? No, we never got. We barely got to 50 degrees, and it was a light rain all day, and that's the forecast for today. And for much, oh. of, much of the week, it's uh, going to be in the 50s and cool and windy. We're, I'm way north here, man. I drive several hours north on my, on my way to get up here, and the weather just isn't quite as nice or as conducive. I do play a golf course up here that I enjoy. Uh, they call it Creel Bay now. It was for years called the Devil's Lake Golf and Country Club, uh, but the city took it over about uh, four years ago maybe. Uh, five years ago, and since then it's been Creel Bay. And it is a fun course to play. Uh, so so I'm looking forward to getting out and playing. I have some friends up here I play golf with, but but not yet. Uh, still a little cool and wet. So you haven't played there yet this year? No, I have not. It hasn't. Weather Has it has, open? It is open. It just opened on Friday was the first open okay. day uh, for them up here. Of course, the golf season starts a good deal later here uh, than it does in Minnesota and probably ends earlier as well, but... But, yeah, so it just opened. I could have played, but I'm not one who likes to play in 50 at rain. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're fine with that. But if it's a tournament round, okay, let's go slug it out. If it's a casual round with friends, yeah, I'm going to stay home. We've talked about this before, I think, on this podcast, how casual or how uh, fair weather of a golfer you are. <laughs> and you're not a, you don't even apologize about no, it. No, I don't. It's just, like, it's just who I am, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need to play when it's 52 and windy. No, I don't. You know, and, and again, I, I, I can applaud, right? Because some of us were addicted to it where we're like, man, winter's coming. I got to get out there. Now, I will say last fall, Todd, you broke the code a little bit and you played in some crappy weather with us. I did. Um, because you, you, I think, started to see the, you know what? Winter's coming. And we had a doozy of a winter. So we're going to do it again at the end of this year. Where we're gonna like we don't know what we're gonna have for a winter, Todd. So we gotta play. I'm I'm more likely to play in the fall when it's a little cooler than I am in the spring because I've got the golf fever then because I've just finished up a busy tournament stretch. August is busy uh, for tournaments for me with you know uh, invitational and club tournament and and things like that. And plus, I I just think it's fall is so nice to play golf. I'm more likely to play. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it's cooler than my age, that's kind of been, I've been using my age as the barometer, right? So it keeps getting warmer, obviously for me to play golf, 
so right, right now, that would that's be not a good trend. That that moves to fifty nine degrees coming up here in about a month uh, when I turn fifty nine. So warmer and warmer. But you know, sixty and above is beautiful golf weather. So you know, I, I know that I'll enjoy every round if I stick to that uh, little credo of don't play if it's colder than my age. I like that little philosophy. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that. You know, we hear all the time people want to shoot their age. Yes. You know, so to get older, it, it gets something that you know you could possibly do, but I've never heard the, I don't play in golf below my age temperature wise. I like that though. I might use that. Well, you're, you're, you're still young yet though. I mean, what I got you by at least 10 years, I think. So, yeah, you know, it's 48, so, yeah. but that would be about right. I'll yeah. play in 48 degree weather all day. I have I, no problem with that. I will. If, if it's a tournament or if I'm preparing to play in a tournament, I'll, I'll even play a practice round. But a casual round with friends, if it's sub-50, no, don't be calling yeah. me. I'll be turning you down. Yeah, so, uh, so Todd, <laughs> have you been able to keep up with the power outage that are the Twins right now? I you have been, yes. First place? Yeah, I, I watch a lot of sports when I'm up here because there isn't that much else for me to do. Uh, so, yes, I, I have been watching the Twins. As difficult as it has been, when you see how many bad at-bats they're taking, I thought at least they had a professional lineup. But they have guys, you know, swinging at pitches out of the zone and taking pitches in the zone. Uh, they just have so many guys that are kind of lost right now. And this Quantrillo pitch for Cleveland yesterday, he's a run-of-the-mill starting right-hander uh, in the major leagues. He is nothing special. He's not terrible either. He's had a job with Cleveland as a starting pitcher for three or four seasons now, so he's good enough to keep his job in the big leagues. But he is not Garrett Cole. He isn't Clayton Kershaw. He's a run-of-the-mill right-hander that you should be able to get more than one stinking hit off of, and they weren't able to do that. Uh, they have guys that are fouling off hanging sliders. That happened at least three times that I saw yesterday. Uh, with Quantrill pitching, where he just threw a flat spinner over the middle of the plate, and the Twins foul it off. So yesterday was certainly more about the Twins lineup than it was about the starting pitcher. So, Todd, um, take us through. Who are you most disappointed in right now? Who's kind of giving us the worst at-bats in this power outage that we're going through? Oh, boy, it's it's kind of a lengthy list. I thought Polanco was really going to add some punch to the lineup when he came up, uh, but and and initially he did uh, when he first came off the injured list he was he was raking uh, but now not so much uh, he just hasn't you know been able to to perform over the last week or so it isn't one guy in particular I, it's it's everybody uh, for the twins right now they don't they don't have a single guy uh, that is actually hitting. Uh, the baseball right now. Uh, Buxton has been hitting. For me, it's, I don't know, I guess I always refer to Buxton. And I'm a huge Buxton supporter. I had him on my rotisserie baseball team. And, and, you know, you know, we've gone back and forth. I've been a big Buxton supporter. But when they're not even playing him in the outfield, and he isn't producing as the DH, he's hitting 239 right now. He does have some power. But but he's been in a, a, a slump again. I worry that Buxton will never be the player that Twins fans thought he could be, uh, which is a 330 home run, 100 RBI, 30 stolen base guy. That's, that doesn't appear as though that's going to happen. So I'd settle for 250, but I still, I still think we need the power numbers. He's got to hit 30 home runs. He's got to be the fulcrum of that lineup, or they simply don't have one. 
So what, uh, where are you at with Max Kepler in your life? Are you ready to be done with him? Yeah, good question, Kepler. Yeah, you know, he, before, he had one big that's season. That's it. Yeah, he's got two home or no, five home runs, 12 ribbies, but that 224 and his at-bats, I think, are just, they're just bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's had one big season in his uh, lineup, uh, in his career. That's it. That was 2019 when everybody had a big year. So that year, he had an OPS of 855, which is on-base plus slugging, which is, let's see, last year was his second biggest season at 760. So he careered by 95 OPS points. He had 32 home runs, or 36 home runs. He had 20 uh, in 2018. That's the second most. He had 90 RBIs. Second most, 69 back in 2017. So people can stop pining for the 2019 Max Kepler. That isn't him. That was an imposter that had taken over his jersey for an entire season. Uh, that isn't Max Kepler. The Max you're right. seeing now, that is Max Kepler. Low batting average, doesn't draw enough walks, doesn't hit for enough power, and doesn't steal any bases. Is a good right fielder, but what's that worth? Uh, yeah, I'm ready to move on from Max Kepler. Okay. Carlos Correa, batting 193, played in 31 games so far. Well, you can't go. What are you going to do? You know, they just signed to do a $200 million what deal. What are you going to do? You, you what know. What are you going to do? With- you, you, keep, yeah. you keep running him out there and playing him at short. You're paying him a huge. He's your highest paid guy. You're not going to do anything with him. You can move on from Kepler. You can't move on from Correa. This is part of the reason, and, and, I, and I spoke on this at length, that I was not in favor of signing Carlos Correa to a long-term multi-hundred million dollar deal. Uh, not just in part, not just because of the injury history that he has, and he flunked two physicals. Uh, the Twins doctors, I don't know, they see things differently, I guess. Maybe that's why they've had so many injuries over the years. They apparently have an affinity for injured players. They gave Buxton a $100 million deal. They give Correa $200 million. Those two guys have lengthy injury history. So apparently it doesn't concern them as much as it does some of the rest of us. Uh, but, but Correa, you're stuck with him. All you can do is keep running him out there, batting him second or third, and putting him at short and hope he figures it out at some point. Todd, you ripped on the uh, on the physical training staff for a while with the Twins. Did anybody get fired this offseason? Did anybody lose their job up there? Everybody did. They fired everyone. Okay. It's a completely okay, so, new training staff now. So, so it's a new training So they listened to you. I, I, I don't know if they did or not. I, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who was saying, what's going on with the Twins and all these injuries? <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm not the only one uh, that was saying that clearly. But, but yeah, they finally got rid of everybody. Uh, and I'm not sure, I, I think it was, I'm not sure about the team doctor, uh, you know, who would who would be the one making the examination and judgment on Correa's ankle, which was the thing that they were, that they were talking most about. I, I'm not sure that they changed the team doctor. I just know that they changed the entire training staff. They threw out everybody. Uh, they have a whole new training staff in, but I don't know about the doctor. So he might have been the one uh, that's been there for a while and, and said that Correa would be okay for a six-year deal with the Twins. All right, how are you feeling about Miranda? He's batting 219. He's played in 34 of the 35 games. They're obviously giving him a chance. What's so, going on there? 
so Miranda's lifeline as the Twins starting third baseman slash first baseman lasts as long as Royce Lewis is in rehab. So Royce Lewis is beginning his rehab from his second uh, big knee injury uh, this week. And once he's ready to go, if Miranda is still scuffling, uh, like you just uh, annotated with a with a 219 average and a 588 OPS, which is really putrid. I think the league average is like 740. Uh, if he continues to struggle and he's not a plus defender at all, he's probably a minus defender overall. But if he isn't hitting by the time Royce Lewis was ready to go, which will be mid-June, I would guess, you might see him head back to the minor leagues and Royce Lewis take over at third base. All right, let's go to the uh, the elephant in the room that used to be the starting pitching yeah. or even the pitching in general. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling about the pitching so far this year, Todd? Good. They have the third best ERA in the American League. So, yeah, I feel good about the pitching. I, I right. wasn't sure I would, but uh, the addition of Pablo Lopez has been a, a good one. He's a strikeout right-hander. Sonny Gray has been terrific outside of his last start. And and Joe Ryan has pitched very well. I mean, he, he lost yesterday, but he gave up two runs in the first and then nothing uh, the rest of the way. So, yeah, I, I, I like the Twins pitching. I like the top of the rotation. They lose two guys to injury, but they have Bailey Ober who came up, and he's been very good in his two, uh, what, three starts I think he's had and uh, has 18 strikeouts or 16 strikeouts in 18 innings. Uh, so he's been good at uh, an ERA of under one. And uh, Louis Varlin is a former uh, stinger. He's a, a young pitcher as well and, and uh, hasn't, um, you know, pitched quite as well in his two starts as Ober has in his three. But, but I have hopes for Louis Varlin as well. So they've been able to, to fill in there for uh, Maeda and Malley. Too bad on Tyler Malley. He was really pitching well before he got he got injured. He's out, what, four to six weeks or something like that. Well, that was my next question to you is, how long is Kent out? Is this going to be long-term again? And uh, Molly, you say it's four to six. Huh? Yeah. And Maeda, it's just kind of, I guess it's several things. You know, it had been so long since he had pitched in the big leagues, like 600 days. And uh, he came back and, and looked pretty good in his first start. But then the, each subsequent start got worse and his fastball velocity uh, declined in each subsequent start. So not sure what's going on really with Maeda uh, physically. The punching bag for the bullpen has always been Pagan. Yeah. Or lately has been him. How are you feeling about him right now? Or is there a way we can send him somewhere? <laughs> Pagan. I mean, nobody's going to trade for him. The only place you'd be sending him is designated for assignment. That's the only place okay. you'd be sending him. Uh, I don't know why they, they keep him around. Uh, he, he pitches pretty good at times. He does have very good stuff, um, but sometimes he just gets wild and wild in the zone, meaning he gives up home runs. So, uh, you know, I don't know. But but I do like the back end of, of their bullpen, uh, of course, with Juan Duran, uh, you know, the 103-mile-an-hour gas that he brings. Uh, yep. and, and then with um, uh, Jorge Lopez, who also was a hard thrower uh, and comes in and pitches – in the eighth inning. So I do like uh, the back of the bullpen in particular for the twins. So what's, what's uh, this Jack's role? Is he kind of a long seventh long inning leader? guy? No, he's a middle inning guy. He's probably a seventh okay. inning guy, Griffin Jacks. Yep. And he's got a good, good stuff as well. They can bring in one hard thrower after the next. Now, Jorge Alcala, who they called up, but has gone back down. Uh, he can get into the upper nineties. This Brock Stewart who saw a little time here recently, he throws in the upper nineties. So the twins finally 
have gotten off their affinity for uh, thumbers or curveball pitchers and gone with some guys who can, you know, bring the heat and strike guys out. In particular, when you go to extra innings and you have to start with a guy at second base, you need a strikeout need- reliever at that point. Yep. Yep. So, uh, Todd, is, is Rocco managing any differently? Is Suhan happier? Or is he the same old Rocco with the analytics? Well, Suhan has always liked Rocco. I don't think he's ever been uh, against how Rocco does oh, it's things. Grimmer. You're right. It's, it's Grimmer. It's Grim that who, that's right. Yeah. He goes wild that's with right. how he handles his pitching. And uh, yeah. he is, I don't know that he's managing any differently, but the guys he has to work with are different. The twin starting pitchers are better. They aren't trotting out one stiff after the next, like Dylan Bundy and whoever that Chris Archer was last year. Those guys didn't have it in them to go five innings. Now they don't have that issue. So it may appear as though he's managing differently, but he isn't. Uh, he, it's still tied to the analytics. So you don't think that that sunny gray stare down last year and those comments had, you know, rang any effect? No, I don't think so. I think managers are used to that. They want their starting pitchers to give them grief and not want to come out of games. They want their starting pitchers to say, yeah, I felt like I could have gone the rest of the way. They don't want them to say, yeah, I was ready to come out of the game. I'm fine with that. They don't. They don't True. They're fine with that. So, no, I don't think anything Sonny Gray had to say made any difference on Rocco. And is Rocco on a midseason hot seat, or is he going to be here for the long haul no matter what happens? Rocco's their guy. Yeah, they're not, especially not during the season. I, I, I honestly, I don't see, uh, I, I think Rocco is nowhere near a hot seat right now. I think that the Twins like how he manages. He reflects their analytics-driven approach. Uh, he's, a, he's a guy they like. He's their age, their contemporaries, the, the three guys, Falvey and Levine and, and Rocco. They're all a, a, in similar age to one another, and, and uh, I, don't, I don't think he's going anywhere, no. Well, that's, uh, I think that's comforting for him. Uh, and obviously the Twins are in a weak division, yeah. still in the lead. So things, you know, there's some room to – but why do the Guardians have our number, Todd? I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know either. I don't know. Usually they have better pitching. Uh, so hopefully the Twins have caught up in, in that regard. But they sure aren't hitting right now, that's for sure. Well, I'm going on Friday to the uh, to a Twins game playing Good. the Cubs. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. It's my first game. Well, no, I took grandma last year. That's right. Uh, but anyways, I haven't been to Target Field very many times, and I'm not going to do what you did. Well, wait a minute. You didn't go because it was so cold. That's right. I am was. definitely. That's right. It was It was a little too cold for me, so I decided uh, not to uh, uh, participate uh, in that game right before we left to go down to Arizona last week. Yeah. So. You have another game on the book. I, I don't right now, but I will take in a Twins game at some point. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. But but I guess we're all out of time here, Greg. This was kind of you interviewing me. That was kind of fun. We switched roles a well, little I, bit there. I like that. You always you always have to do the interviewing, so yeah, I wanted yeah. to. And, again, you're the Twins guy, and, I, I uh, you know, the Bally Sports thing is tough, Todd. I know. I'm not getting the Bally Sports extra to watch the Twins. I'm I not know. happy about it. My wife is really unhappy about it. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm not as versed on the Twins as I used to be or want to be. Yeah. Uh, hopefully throughout the summer we'll figure something out and I'll get a few more games in. But you bet. Thanks for, thanks for catching me up to speed on those guys. You bet, Greg. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. That's Greg Snow on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 
Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.